0: Oh, Recorded live. Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to this episode of our Continuous Delivery podcast by CA Technologies. My name is Scott Edwards. I'm a marketing manager within CA uh, Continuous Delivery Business Unit, and I'll be the host of our discussion today. Just a, a quick reminder that you can find all of these Continuous Delivery podcasts by searching for Continuous Delivery 101 in the iTunes podcast app, or find them on the CA Technologies YouTube channel under the Continuous Delivery playlist. And I'm thrilled to have the opportunity to host this discussion today uh, because I'm joined by two superstars, both from GM Financial. Now, in past episodes, we've had uh, a variety of different discussions with uh, those continuous delivery experts in one shape, way, or form – but, but the exciting thing today is we get to talk to uh, a company that's, that's well-engaged in this process. Um, obviously, everyone has their own spots in the journey to continuous delivery, but we get the chance to hear from two people who are knee-deep into this process within, within this uh, GM financial organization. So, joining me today is Matt McComas. He's the AVP for Critical Application Infrastructure. Matt, welcome. Appreciate you having me on board. Thank you. As also we have uh, Wes Miller, who is the AVP of Quality Engineering. So, Wes, welcome to our show today. Thanks, Scott. All right, so we're going to get into this and, and get started. And, and it was interesting. I had the chance to, to visit with, uh, with both Matt and Wes a little bit uh, a couple weeks ago when we had our Big User Conference, CA World, uh, in uh, in Las Vegas. Both Matt and Wes had the opportunity to share in, in a variety of different uh, uh, avenues uh, their story and what they're doing with continuous delivery. And we thought it would be a great idea to have them come and join us on this podcast to also share this this story of theirs. So maybe just as, as a way to uh, to uh, uh, tell a little bit about uh, the organization of GM Financial and, and introduce yourself. I'm gonna ask you, Wes, just to take a moment to, to introduce yourself first, and then uh, Matt will turn it over to you, and we'll go from there. So, Wes, can you tell us a little bit about what you do there at the GM Financial?
1: Um, yes, I am the uh, AVP over the automation and the DevOps teams. We started about a year about a year ago, and we have progressed. We've grown our teams are probably about twice the size it was when we started in uh, October of last year. And we've uh, implemented several of the uh, continuous integration, continuous delivery aspects. We've got test data management, some service virtualization, but mainly uh, test automation all coupled together, which gives mm-hmm. us a nice, pretty, pretty nice test harness to uh, to execute progression and other activities.
0: Excellent. Okay. And Matt, would you uh, mind doing the same?
2: Sure. Uh so I am, am basically uh uh over the operations side of uh essentially software delivery. Uh you know, obviously uh you know, Wes mentioned he is uh, working in the in the QA area and so we're definitely uh from my side more of a of a platform operations uh type capacity. And so uh, the the team that I manage is, um, is responsible for sort of the, the care and feeding uh, of all the line of business applications and platforms that make uh, GM financial money. Uh, and so uh, we, we are also responsible for the deployment uh, to those platforms. So um, a key part of our function uh, this past year has been the the build out of uh, release automation as a platform and the integration of that uh, uh, solution into our uh, deployment uh, and uh, essentially uh, the build-out of a pipeline kind of along with it, um, and uh, also the integration of, of that pipeline into our service platform. So that's that's been our journey uh, for really the past, uh, like Wes said, really the past year. Uh, we really kind of got started in the fall of last year, and, and so we've been at this mm-hmm. right, at about, right at about 12 months.
0: Gotcha. Okay, great. Well, that's that's a great background. So, so, Matt, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with you and ask you a few questions. But if, if you would just what, would you share with our audience a little bit about GM Financial? What do you guys do? Why do you exist? <laughs> What's the goal of the company? And and, uh, and and start with that.
2: Okay, so GM Financial is the finance arm of General Motors. Uh, the GM is kind of a long and sort of somewhat convoluted story, but basically. Uh, GM purchased uh, a company by the name of AmeriCredit in 2010, and um, since then, we've been on a journey to become GM's captive finance uh, company. Uh, they, they rebranded AmeriCredit, and we became officially GM Financial in, uh, I believe, t- late 2011, early 2012. And so, um, basically, everything uh, about auto finance from a General Motors perspective uh, comes from this company. So, it's, it's, it's both loan and lease. And, uh, and so that that is really our, our kind of our, our key function, uh, which is to be GM's finance arm and also to help GM sell cars. So that's really it in a, in a nutshell.
0: Okay. Well, appreciate that. Now, and, and now I want to kind of get into a little bit of this discussion. You said about a year ago is really when you guys started looking at a way of doing something different, um, how to d- deliver applications or feature updates faster with higher quality as they move into operations. Now, it's interesting because I think oftentimes when we hear of organizations looking at moving to DevOps or continuous delivery, often it comes from the development side. And if I understand it right, you, Matt, kind of took that upon yourself to say how can we make changes, how can we make drive a difference here, and, and you started this pusher and this initiative to implement continuous delivery at GM Financial. Can you tell us a little bit about what, What was going on? What were some of the challenges that you were facing and and, uh, how you started this initiative at your organization?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, to your point, usually this does um, start in in, in the development side of an organization. Uh, In fairness, in our company, it actually uh, was probably much more closely um, uh, uh, aligned with the collaborative effort uh, between development and operations. So development's certainly been a key part of this journey. Uh, But really, um, you know, as the the team that sort of acts in a release capacity or or software, you know, delivery capacity, uh, we've sort of been on the front lines of of what it meant to deploy to our platforms. And so that experience um, has, you know, taught us um, all of the flaws of doing manual software deployments. That combined with a meteoric growth, Uh, in the company over the past four to five years. Um, Basically, to to, to give some background, you know, when I started in 2011, there was only one line of business platform, and now there's about, I think we're up to like 13 now. Uh, The server growth has been ridiculous as well. We went from 300 total servers to uh, really we're pushing 2,000 servers uh, in the enterprise. So just that that growth Mm -hmm. and the growth of platforms alone, Made it to where you know the the manual process that worked okay for a really small shop it just didn 't work anymore as this company's gotten really much larger and so uh, we were at a point you know here in the past really twenty four months ago we, we really got to a, a sort of a crossroads um, as as a development and operations organization, and we just knew we couldn 't go further uh, doing things the way we were doing, which is basically you know long manual deployments. Lots of steps, lots of handoffs, um, and essentially it was creating all kinds of uh, contention problems, all kinds of resource problems, risks to production, uh, because we have so much creep between platforms, which uh, which is still a problem in, in some ways. But we we've made a lot of progress. Um, so basically, you know, we were at a point in which you know it was either change how we work, or start losing people because you know the the the, the amount of work. Uh, and the volume of work, uh, the how compli- the complexities of, of of doing deployments and just managing the platforms the way we used to do it. I mean, it was just essentially it was going to kill the staff or make us where we had to hire you know 300 people just to do it. And it was it was an unsustainable path. So uh, we had to change it. And so that's the journey we've been on ever since. As a as an old saying, Matt, heroics don't scale. Servers do. Yeah, and that's kind of uh-huh. where we were.
0: Yeah, that, that is, that's fascinating. That's interesting. So in a lot of ways, it really was kind of a, you're at a, a crossroads and either you innovate and survive or, or die. And, and I think that's yeah. one of the things that we talked about today is, is that's what a lot of companies are facing. Uh, even companies, I would think of GM or GM Financial as necessarily a software company. But it sounds like you kind of felt that pressure that you know, we have to move this way to be like a software company and act and behave like one. Well, we're, we're in a lot of trouble.
2: Yeah, and and, and that journey continues. Um, you know, in fairness, you know, with all the effort we put into this, you know, I, really, when we started the adoption of the release automation platform, in my opinion, really started a a really a three to five year process. And I'm sure um, Wes probably agrees as far as some of the QA automation pieces uh, that, that once we did the TDM and the uh, service virtualization adoption. We knew that this wasn't going to be, you know, just just a month or two or six months. We knew that this is the long haul, and so, you know, many of those many of those uh, issues and challenges in the company still exist, but we're we're st- we're st- we're just starting to get to the point, in my opinion, in which we're in which we're building momentum, and, and and we're getting the real results uh, with what we've been doing. And so, the the future is really exciting because I see nothing but but more innovation, more automation, more capacity. So not only manage what we have but also uh deliver even more for the business as we move forward
0: oh that's great that's great and uh so so matt you talked early on about collaboration and you know in fairness it was a a, a number of different groups it was developed development it was ops it was qa working together and so so Wes, i want to bring you into as, as part of this discussion now and, and 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 you know was it a collaboration when did you get involved in this process and i mean it's this is what I love, by the way, about having this discussion with the both of you <clears throat> on the on this podcast at the same time to talk about that this is a collaboration between different uh, functions within within the business unit and collaborating together. So, Wes, maybe you can talk about that a little bit.
1: I think um, it's, it's at this point probably mentioned one of our silent partners, Bill Litticy. Um, he's a development VP who's been kind of in the background uh, marshaling this forward. We. We, we, we understood that our parent company, GM, had an enterprise license agreement in October of last year, and it kind of brought us all together about kind of planning strategically how we were going to do it and what we were going to do first. And so there was an initial kickoff meeting, and there were several bodies or people present, and a lot of people were interested, but mainly the ones that stayed were Matt, Bill, myself, um, and of forged the the big three that kind of started driving it and, and again we did it in pieces where we could get the initial win so that people could start understanding what we were trying to do and it helped mm-hmm. us with momentum because we could always point to we were able to do it here let us help you do it here as well and so um, that that journey with with the with the support uh, kind of made it. Uh, take traction and really really take off
0: and so and so, West from your perspective um, what were some of the issues that you were facing <clears throat> within the quality side of things that led you to say hey I want to participate in this approach of, of continuous delivery and, and helping us get there in this journey that we're, we're undertaking
1: there were several factors that led us to uh, to start really looking at automation uh, in, a, in a different way we uh, took on our largest project to date, is my understanding. I, I got here; I've been here about eighteen months. But our largest project to date is a large servicing project we've taken on board. And a lot of the old ways of doing things, we were not going to be able to do because a lot of that control was now going to be part of that servicing platform, serviced by a third-party company. So one of the one of the ways we one of the things that first hit us was we used to be able to pull certain activities from production and put them in our test environment. Well that was not going to be available to us anymore. So one of those things that we we had to do is to come up with a way to do automated funding, create loans for us to test on. So that was kind of the first venture we went down. And then there are other application areas where working with Matt's team, we built some automation uh, to show the full concept, build, deploy, test. And we kind of built that model up. One area was in our mobile platform. Another one is in our web service area, and we, we started targeting those projects that we knew where it's something that we could understand, it's something that fit into the current skill set that we had, and it's, it's something we could get a success on. So we looked at it from an automation perspective to replace a lot of the, uh, I call it the older older thinking, which is pull from production, push it in, massage it a little bit, and then test. Uh, we were going mm-hmm. to come up with a new way of, uh, new way of getting our data in to the, into our test
0: environments. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Well, so and 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 uh, Matt, one of the one of the things that that uh, I heard a little bit from your story is 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 you felt you had some autonomy if, if I understood it right, right to to try stuff yourself, right? To to say, "Hey, I I think we need to do some things differently." didn't sit around waiting for approval, but you felt like you had the ability to go and, and test this out and try it out yourself and as, as Wes just said, can okay, maybe start small, start in a certain place and then and then grow from that. Tell us about that that autonomy that you had and you felt that you had and why was that a benefit?
2: Yeah, so I guess you know, one of the nice things um, about kind of the company's journey and, and, and kind of growth path was that uh, we were a small company before and, and, and the nice thing about small companies is that small companies uh generally lack um, sort of um, uh, the this, this, this same kind of bureaucracy um, and handoff uh, or number of handoffs that can that, can, that are common in, in much larger organizations um, as we as we grew as a company uh, we we haven 't really changed or or, or it 's taken us some time to 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 change so that um so that we really kind of are structured more like a bigger company. And so um the, so the nice thing is I guess the the long story is, you know, that there just weren't a lot of, of different um approvals needed. Um I, I was fortunate enough to have some software budget. Um and then as Wes mentioned, uh we had an ELA um that we were, were we were uh, uh fortunate enough to to take advantage of and so, um, and since you know, since we did the deployments, and since we managed all the platforms, we um, we had an opportunity to to do something without really kind of a lot of management oversight. Um, and so, you know, we you know, to your point, we just didn't feel the need to wait for anyone to give us the green light. We just uh, felt like, hey, let's we have an opportunity. Let's let's build a proof of concept. Let's see where it takes us. And then once that succeeded. Um, we were able to then say, okay, so let's let's move forward with adoption, let's build this platform out, and let's see where it takes us. So that really is kind of um, how we got here. You know, that's how the autonomy led us to, to have that kind of uh, capacity.
0: So that sounds, sounds great. I mean, you took the initiative and uh, went forward with it. Um, and you started you used to see some some results, and you had some early wins. Maybe you can tell us about what some of those early wins were, and and uh, you know how you started then to socialize those in the organization. Maybe maybe from both of your standpoints to to talk about.
2: Yeah, I'll start real quick. So you know, the POC for us was pretty simple. Um, this is a Microsoft shop primarily, so we had a collection of, of web servers, IS web servers, and uh, we had the, uh, a, some good examples of some deployments uh, that needed to be done. And so basically what we did is we uh, we took um, the standard deployment you know that, that we, we were accustomed to doing. We knew generally how long that deployment took. Uh, and it was a fairly large platform. Um, maybe you know 10 to 15 servers uh, we deployed to. So uh, while the deployment wasn't, wasn't especially complicated, uh, there were enough servers involved and enough manual steps where, you know, it would have taken us probably a couple hours and a lot of verification and, and potential for human error to get this, this deployment done the way we used to do it. So we took that deployment and we automated it. We were able to get it down to, I think we, we got it down to, in the end, about three minutes to deploy. And uh, so obviously, you know, it, it didn't take a genius to figure out that was a... Considerable um, uh, benefit, and then also yeah. the, the capacity to roll that back uh, was a big benefit for us as well. So um, that's that was sort of our, our early win. Uh, Wes can speak to you know definitely speak to his early wins.
1: I think I think a couple of early wins uh, from an automation perspective was we have a, a, a my account app and. There are several iterations of that going on. It is using Agile. And we were able to automate the deployment build and check out of that. And I think there was 167 builds in a particular month. And 27 of those builds failed and went right back to the developers without QA having to get involved. So there are are some wins on the automation. Uh, We use service virtualization as well, and it's probably some of the larger wins. We have a dependency on third-party entities. A lot of times they're either slow to get us the data, they get us the data there, but it's incorrect, or it's not not necessarily what we needed, uh, and or there's a cost involved because of the pay per transactional fee. And so we looked at working with our development teams and came up with kind of the low hanging fruit. One of those was the credit bureaus. We automated the response back from the credit bureaus so that we could get the credit score and some internal scoring that we depend upon to Further refine our testing and get get it get it set up. We're look, we're in the process of automating uh, some of that checkouts of our uh, of our certain uh, loan trigger type activities and put that into the CA release automation tool, working with Match Team, so that we can get more rapid turnaround on, on a lot of our uh, rules that need to go to production.
0: Yeah, and again, I love hearing kind of the story of of collaboration uh, between the, between the two groups and uh you, you've mentioned matt using release automation west with service virtualization i think you mentioned test data management i don't know if that was an early win or if that came later can you talk about that it's,
1: it's, it came later we um we had to, we had like i said the funding was probably uh, top priority because we needed to get data into the system injected into the system so that um we could start this large project and the testing of it uh, test data management is now set up we uh, I. I've used test data management before, and I create what I call a barcode. The barcode inside TDM is basically you going through, and you're, if you think of the garage door opener in your garage, you flip those DIP switches because you want a certain frequency. And the barcode is similar where I want a this type of loan, I want to have this percentage rate on it, et cetera. And then it creates the input of that to go into a dev test script which then enters it into the system and funds the loan automatically for you. So it's a mm. soup-to-nut cycle. Large, large test harness we're building.
0: So. And, I, and I believe I heard you mention also one of the other tools you guys have have uh, started to use uh, more recently is the the Agile Requirements Designer for testing efficiency or or testing from building those test cases from requirements. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that or, or or where you well, want to go with that?
1: Well, there's a proof of concept. Um, we uh, our BSAs utilize the ARD. Um, and they are going to start a, a pilot, I think it is in January, to where we're going to be putting the requirements in uh, ARG and hooking that up to that test case. Those rules that I mentioned earlier is the back end piece of those requirements. And so it's going to help not only the BSAs uh, be able to do changes quicker, it'll also outline and model for the business uh, how those changes will affect production and it gives them a visual for it. So it's going to be a huge win when we get the whole thing um, implemented and um, we're up and working. So we're building in kind of
0: stages. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So both of you have have talked a little bit about some of these early wins and uh, the process to get there. You know, looking back over the past 12 months, uh, what has been the biggest benefit? What have you seen, and and maybe numerically that you've seen, whether reduction of time or increase in in, – equality. quality, what's been the biggest benefit that, that uh, both of you have seen as you've moved down this, this, this path in the past 12 months?
2: Well, I guess from my perspective, um, the, the company has, uh, has had a very large project um, that essentially has consumed uh, all the time of our PMO and most of our IT organization, especially from a development standpoint. And um, it was essentially, uh, the uh, the goal of the project was basically to replace our servicing system platform, which is kind of a key part of our business. And so fr- from our perspective, you know, that, that project was really sort of um, amping up through this whole year. Um, a lot of delivery dates uh, were on the schedule. Um, and the great thing about it is that we had a lot of Greenfield um, server and application deployments uh, this year. That we were able to uh, leverage uh, release automation for. So, I mean, most people don't know this because we were able to 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 meet our delivery dates. But most, you know, most people don't know that that the reason why that happened was because of the automation platform. And we we, we basically did about seven to eight thousand deployments through the platform in order to meet the delivery dates for this particular project. And We've only really kind of hit the first delivery dates for it. There's still more delivery dates coming, but basically uh, everything that we've done on this particular project has been automated from the start. And so it's been a massive win, you know. Um, the the massive win, of course, is great for us. We see it. Uh, the, the only bad thing sometimes is it's it is hard for others to see it because for them it's, mm. like, hey, we succeeded. They don't know why we succeeded. And so um we're we're starting to kind of the word's starting to get out um, I think uh, as far as you know how exactly that happened and uh and so it's it's been a big win um and so I, uh, that particular project alone in my opinion has helped us really build momentum and kind of set the stage for the road that lies ahead
0: absolutely and Wes how about from your standpoint what are some of the the metrics or benefits that you've seen and from a quality standpoint
1: from a quality standpoint i think we're we're it's it's alleviating a lot of the manual activities um the, it takes 15 to 20 folks to keep up with the funding manually where we can now automate the that and produce loans in a day that they it would take them weeks or two weeks to do and do it and do it in a quality fashion the other mm-hmm. thing, um, mm-hmm. we had a recent we had a recent need to check out a certain um aspect that we had to get into production and the only place that we could put this modification that was in one of the training environments. The problem with that is that a lot of the third-party connections are not in the training environments. A lot of it's stuffed out. Uh, but we needed this response back from this third-party. We were able to put service virtualization into the mix, get the responses that they were looking for from service virtualization, get the changes made, and get it into production. And, we, and service virtualization, we were able to stand that thing up in two days. Where we're taking them four weeks to build it out and get that activity. Uh, wow. So those are just some couple of couple of couple of wins that we've got. There's many more, but those are the,
0: probably two big ones
1: I can point to right away.
0: Oh, that's great. And, and, and so you, now you have this, and Matt, you mentioned you mentioned this, this we're starting to kind of get out of of what's what's going on with what you're doing. How I guess how have you socialized this or? Or how do you want to socialize this throughout the organization going forward, so that others know what you guys are doing?
2: That's a really good question, and it's actually one that we're kind of kind of grappling with right now. Um, there's a number of different ways that that we that we can socialize it and 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 want to socialize it. Uh, we have some socializing still to do, believe it or not, in the development organization because. Um, you know, While a lot of them understand what we're doing and how it works, many others um, are just beginning to learn about it, and a lot of those folks don't really understand how the process works, and so um, that's more of a, of a socializing and an educational effort. Um, I think there's, a, there's another component that's equally important, and I, and I guess at this point I'm sort of waiting for the right time and the right vehicle. Uh, to head down this particular road. But as far as I'm concerned, we need to, to get to a point where we can really socialize it to the business uh, more
0: mm. and help
2: them understand what the capabilities are. Because, you know, our company operates like most companies. Um, you know, the business kind of sits off in their own little world, and as far as they're concerned, IT is, is a magic place where they go send a lot of money and, and things come out of it, hopefully, that they can use. And so what I'm hoping to demonstrate or communicate uh, in some way or fashion at some point to, the, to to those people, which obviously are the most important people because they're the ones that finance this operation, is I want to be able to, you know, to tell them, hey, you know, not only can we do the service delivery as we have, uh, but we're going to be able to begin to do this much faster and for the same or lesser investment as we move forward. And so the capabilities we have are from a tooling and from a technology standpoint are going to be off the chart um, what what really needs to happen more now is not really a technology um, um, solutions but more of process solutions and that's kind of more of an agile transformation that kind of needs to happen in the business and in the project management um uh, areas of the company and so that's really kind of my target and uh it's a, bit, it's a bit of a political game, uh, to be honest, and, and I need to kind of choose and uh, be very choosy um, about it, where I kind of insert myself. Um, but, you know, that, that's what kind of what I'm looking to do um, in the next year or so. Um, and so that's kind of where I'm hoping to head with it.
0: Yeah, that, that makes sense. I mean, and, and, and Wes, are those some of the same challenges you have faced as well in, 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 in talking about that value uh, that you've seen so far
1: I think to matt Matt's side probably um, he, he hit he hit, he hit it pretty hard in that um there's a lot of um when you're a small company, there's a lot of things that become institutionalized, and as you grow bigger, it seems sometimes harder to change or want to change because you're you're kind of used to doing things a certain way and I think the educational piece, I think the more that we can continue to just Chip away at it, uh, and and take in the areas that are interested now. Get them in, get them, you know, assimilated, and get them up and running. And I think as they do that, they'll become more advocates for what Matt and I are trying to do across the company right
2: here. Matt, Bill, and
1: I.
0: Yeah, yeah, that 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 makes sense, and 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 I think it's good to understand if anyone is expecting to go in this uh, and just find instant results a bed of roses you know they've, they've got a they've got another thing coming it, it takes time as you guys have both described but you've picked your your spots right and and where to where to first take some initiatives and and look for those early wins um and so 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 besides maybe some you know now kind of communicating some of the business challenges explain what some of the other challenges or roadblocks were that, that you hit that that you frankly had to come, uh, you know, to figure out a way how to remove. And 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 Wes, you kind of hit upon this. Is is one I hear often. Is is culture, just just the the way things have been done in the past is is a challenge. Maybe talk about that if that's been an issue, or or maybe some other challenges that that you faced that you didn't weren't really aware of before you started down this journey.
1: Well, I think I think the it's 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 more of sometimes. Uh, Things like Agile and DevOps is new unless you're keeping up, and or, or wanting to lose, wanting to figure out a way to do something better or uh, save time or become more efficient. There's various mechanisms or reasons why you want to go after automation or you want to go after something that's that's a kind of a repeatable process. Working in QA, I've been in automation for, for quite some time now, uh, but I think I think a lot of times. It's foreign, and there's also, there's there, you know, you're not going to be successful the first time you try automation, and when it fails, sometimes the stigma that gets associated with it, they yeah, I told you it wouldn't work. You know, it's an iterative growing process, and I, and I think some people look for automation as a silver bullet, and when the gun doesn't fire, it's like, well, why waste my time? Why waste the time doing it if it's not going to work? So I think, sure. a, I think it's a continual education. It's a continual, uh, not necessarily proving your worth but proving that. It can provide the value. It can provide the efficiencies you're looking for. You think add the quality in because we humans make mistakes. Software doesn't think. It doesn't have bad hair days. It does what it's <laughs> programmed to do.
0: So. Yeah, that, that that makes sense. And any any thoughts from you, Matt, on that part of it?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, pretty much echoing much of the same. You know, I, I run into to teams and groups of people all the time who do, really don't have any. I mean, they understand what automation is, you know, I guess conceptually, but, you know, it's almost like, hey, you know, we automate once and we're done. And, and you know, the, the message I keep having to hammering home is, no, there's we're, we're really not ever done because there's always going to be something um, that, that there's always going to be changes that are going to be made. There's always going to be some tweak here, something here, something there. And then the other thing, too, that I've I've been having to communicate with people is that, you know, CA release automation as a platform itself is a a wonderful tool with a lot of great capabilities. But, you know, at the end of the day, this is an application that requires data input and data output. And it is only going to be as good as the data it receives. And so, you know, we have to be diligent and we have to have a good process around how we're configuring the platform, how it's receiving its instructions otherwise what we get on the other side isn't going to be what we expect or want. And so again, you know, the same message, you know, this is this is a journey, this is a continual process, this is a platform we have to manage and this in automation is something that we're continually working on, we're continually getting better at. And you know, failure isn't, you know, doesn't mean that we're on the wrong road. Failure means that we're, in my opinion means that we're really kind of on the right road in many ways because we're trying to do things, we're trying things. And sometimes you have to fail in order to succeed. So, uh, But, you know, we learn from the failures, we get better, and that's the point. And so and trying to kind of hammer that message home to people, um, it, it seems to be a bit of a battle for me at times uh, because, you know, people, like I said, kind of get stuck in that mindset that, ooh, we've automated it, cool, we're done with it. No, we're not really done with it. Now, our lives are easier because of it, but there's going to be care and feeding that goes with that. And we have to maintain it and continue to refine it and make it better. So.
0: Yeah, and I think those are fantastic. I mean, what you have just outlined is, are great recommendations, right? Of, of people who might be starting this journey, what they need to know, what they need to be aware of as, as they go through this process. So, so yeah, great, great points and and very real and poignant points as you as you discussed there. So we're nearly we're nearly up to uh, to our time here. And do have a couple other things. You know, you mentioned some tooling that you use, and, and uh, I'm curious, does open source play a role in this? We we hear a lot of this uh, open source. Do you, do you see yourself using it? And if you do, how how do you use it? I'll
1: I'll take that first, Matt. We we do use open source. We do. We are very fortunate um, at GM GMF to be able to at least consider and. And or use open source, there's companies I know I've worked in the past where open source was not an option. here it is an option, and we do use from our automation perspective, we use selenium as our foundation mm-hmm. framework for our automation and so a lot of our activities uh code side with dev tests and others, but we do use uh selenium for our framework and a couple of other uh, or, uh open source tools
2: yeah, and yeah. my and from my perspective, you know, um, we aren't really using any of those uh, types of tools right now. But it, we need to have a, have a have created an environment uh, and a culture in which it's possible to do that. We need to be able mm. to 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 use those tools where where it makes sense, or at least give it a try. And and to, to Wes's point, he's been able to do some of it on his side. And on my side, it's been a little more of a challenge to do that. Um, I run into some process roadblocks and some and some bureaucracy and things like that to sort of keep that from happening, and so that's sort of you know one of one of the areas I'm working on. I don't have any specific tools that I'm looking to adopt. I mean, we do have some uh, that that have open source versions. I mean, we're we're a Jenkins shop and we're an Artifactory shop, and those certainly those are platforms that certainly have open source uh, versions. Um, we're also um, on the cusp of becoming a puppet shop, which of course also has an open source version but most of those platforms we purchase. we, we actually have the commercial uh, version of it but there's there's definitely plenty of, of, of solutions and plenty of really awesome and, and really sweet things in the DevOps uh, tooling community um, that give us capabilities that, that i 'm hoping that we will have a chance and opportunity to try but but to be honest right now we 're so busy with uh, Continuing our integration with the CA Release Automation, that I don't really see us having a whole lot of time, um, especially in the next six months to a year, to really get into any other tooling. But we will look for opportunities and advantages uh, as we can.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, like like you said, it sounds like it's it's building out this ecosystem and leveraging the tooling that's that's available and how they work together. Um, and how that can benefit uh, benefit you as you go on. So, and that leads me to my last question. And you, you kind of you mentioned that is you know kind of what's what's next? Yeah, uh, what do you see next as you as you drive down this journey that you you at the outset said it's probably something that's going to be three or five years to really get where you want to. So, so what's next for you guys?
1: I think from my perspective, uh, I've got like I said, we've got the test partners' frame it's now. It's filling it out, working with Matt's team where we have service virtualization is to set that into care, to automatically spins up so that a, a whole ecosystem is alive and it has the current information that it needs to function, as well as uh, running a whole complete regression through our test harness using DevTest, uh, service virtualization, and uh, TDM. Yeah, excellent. And, and you,
0: for, Matt?
2: Yeah, for us, um, I I've, we've got a lot of bold plans. Um you know, I I mentioned um configuration management that's certainly on our roadmap. You know, I, I want to get to uh immutable server deployment so that we can uh um you know, when we have an issue with the server, we just replace it instead of uh doing a whole lot of uh, a lot of activity, you know, troubleshooting or or digging into that server. And I'm hoping to chain, you know, the configuration management into the release automation in fact. It will be part of it. So we really want to move more towards an infrastructure as code uh, model and approach, um, so that you know changes, you know in the configuration changes in the infrastructure roll through the pipeline and they're tested along with code uh, deployment. So, uh, and then of course pairing that with a lot of the activity that's going on on the West side, you know we, we we firmly believe and know that we can get to the point eventually in which. Uh, we have deployments uh, that are automated end-to-end with, you know, automated tests, um, automated uh, configuration management, automated deployment, um, automated validation. I mean, all the different pieces uh, in the pipeline end-to-end automated and triggered through ServiceNow is really kind of the, the panacea of, of, of what we're after. And so I, I know it's going to take us some time, and we have a mountain of work ahead of us, uh, but it's an mm. it's, it's exciting journey. And uh, I'm, I'm firmly committed to, to uh, finishing it, and I'm firmly com- firmly uh, persuaded that we have the right people in the right places to get it accomplished. So there's a lot a lot coming, but you know, I guess uh, I guess the the thing I would say is talk to me in a year, and we'll see where we're at, because I think we're going to have some cool stuff done <laughs> by then. Yeah.
0: Ah, awesome. Well, let's 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 do it. This will be a, a fun journey to follow for sure. Well, we've we've hit uh, the our time limit here uh, on the podcast, and 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 Matt and Wes. I truly appreciate uh, you taking time out of your busy busy day and sharing with us this journey. I mean, we've covered a lot of information here from your starting, you know, where you started, the benefits that you were receiving, how you socialized that, how you communicated and collaborated between each other in different parts of the organization. It's been a fascinating story. So thank you both for, for coming on and participating on this podcast with us.
2: Thanks. Really appreciate it, guys. Yep. Thanks for having
0: us. Yeah. Well, with that, we'll, we'll conclude our, our podcast for, for today. Uh, I would I encourage you, if you are listening to this, you can see more of the GM financial story through some of the slides that were presented at CA World. You can find those on the CA Technologies SlideShare channel, and you can see some of the, the GM financial uh, stories and, and presentations that were shared at that event just, to, just a couple of weeks ago. And, and again, a reminder, uh, feel free to download the entire series of our iTunes uh, uh, Continuous Delivery 101 podcast. And uh, thank you to our listeners who are, are listening to this, and we look forward to creating more of these here in the future. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Wes. And everyone have a wonderful day. Thank you.